This is Trends and Issues in Instructional Design, Educational Technology, and Learning Science, hosted by Abby Brown and Tim Green. Hi, this is Tim, and I'm here with Abby. Hi, this is Abby, and I'm here with Tim. Welcome to episode 229 of our podcast, where we review the trends and issues in instructional design, educational technology, and learning sciences that we observed as we flip resources into our Flipboard magazine over the past two weeks. In this episode, we have four trends that we will discuss, along with a recommended reading we'll share that goes with each of the four trends. We end the episode by peering into the crystal ball and making predictions about the trends we believe we'll observe in the upcoming two weeks. So Abby, start us off by talking about our four trends that we observed and our recommended readings. Thank you, Tim. Number one, as it has been for the past, what is it, three episodes now? Three, yes, this will be our fourth, yep. Chat GPT. Yeah. It still is the, the it's still dominating the, the, the news uh, for, for really everything, but, but in education, yeah. it comes up just constantly. We've yeah. been flipping numerous articles uh, into our- It is our a hot, 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 hot topic. Well, and we're still seeing similar types of articles that we've mm-hmm. seen over the past uh, four weeks or five weeks. Explanations of how chat GPT works, um, examples of chat GPT used in the K-12 classroom, chat GPT and cheating, along with discussions about how to revisit our grading of students. If chat GPT is going to become common, what is it that we're going to do to assess student learning? Also, higher education responding to chat GPT. This is more like the institutional aspect of universities developing policy. Uh, Chat GPT causing concern for homework help services. There's a concern among the services that people typically subscribe to that ChatGPT will be kind of a free version of this that's equally useful. We did see also DuckDuckGo, the popular um, uh, search engine, search tool that keeps uh, your, your search information anonymous. DuckDuckGo is releasing its own ChatGPT search engine. Uh, our recommended read in this area, for educators, ChatGPT poses big questions and big possibilities by Myron Dueck for ASCD. And as always, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing anyone's name. ASCD, uh, the Association of Supervision and Curriculum Development, has been putting out numerous articles on ChatGPT and AI in general over the past uh, two months or so. And yet again, uh, this is a very good article on the subject that looks at the positive aspect of this and also makes some suggestions for classroom design and management incorporating ChatGPT. Now our number two also is a number two trend is the same as it has been for the past three episodes, artificial intelligence in general, which makes a lot of sense. We're talking so much about this very specialized thing, ChatGPT, along with uh, that, we get a lot of articles that are about artificial intelligence generally. So we see the idea of using artificial intelligence wisely. We see alternatives to ChatGPT. Um, we see the Bing AI chatbot issues, which we kind of uh, alluded to in the last uh, podcast episode. Bing AI chatbot apparently has some personality issues 
and it can get really kind of weird if you use it for more than five or six questions. But you can fine tune its personality as a user. You can fine tune its personality to keep it from kind of going too too far over to the dark side. <laughs> it's so so odd, and it, it's you got to read stuff about that because it is interesting. Yeah. Now Apple is bringing uh, AI to its own ecosystem. That was announced in the past two weeks. There was also an article about Google's artificially intelligent Socratic system, which is a personal AI study aid. Um, it's a, and it's a good description of what Socratic is. But uh, again, again, in that sort of larger uh, AI generally uh, trend. So our recommended read in this area is A Cheat Sheet to AI Buzzwords and Their Meanings by Nate Langson, Dina Bass, and Jackie Davalos for Bloomberg. It's a really good, um, just basically, list of terms with the descriptions of what each term means. Uh, and all those terms relate somehow to artificial intelligence. Number three, online instruction and hybrid instruction. Hybrid learning was reviewed. There's some concerns over it becoming the norm. Uh, lessons learned from the pandemic about online learning generally, a look at the University of the People, which is a free online university, and what it can teach traditional colleges. And in a different article, there was a look at the mega universities, Western Governors University and Southern New Hampshire University, as cases in which large online universities provide access to students who might not have access to traditional college options. So really this this trending area within online learning is also about kind of a subtrend within here is about the um, what online learning offers that traditional situations don't our recommended read in this area um you and i were as we always do discussing the different readings and, and trends over the past two weeks and we both discovered that we find this article to be particularly we're particularly enthusiastic about this article we are it's near and dear to our hearts. The article is called, As Colleges Focus on Quality in Online Learning, Advocates Ask, What About In-Person Courses? By Taylor Swack for the Chronicle of Higher Education. The focus of this article really says, okay, yes, people are constantly sort of discussing the shortcomings of online learning or, the, or not so much learning as much as the online teaching but they rarely discuss the shortcomings of in-person face-to-face teaching. And with tremendous respect for all of our colleagues out there who are not part of the education community from the get-go, a lot of them are coming from disciplines like uh, physics or biology or uh, English, but they're not necessarily brought up as teachers in their profession. Um, well, those pe people haven't had an opportunity to really get particularly good at teaching. So they there's a lot of questionable teaching practice going on uh, on university campuses face-to-face, -face, and that's been true for a very, very long time. Where is the constant criticism of that? And that's what this article is asking, and we, we echo that question. We say, <laughs> yes, we, we'd like to know we more do. about that. Yes. Now, number four, without, we're, we're not going to continue harping on that particular thing. We <laughs> apologize. <laughs> but um, number four is the ed tech industry. Now, it did uh, arise as a trend based on our sort of formula for dealing with trends. 
but there weren't that many articles about this. It just happened to be the largest number of articles after the first three trends. The ed tech industry itself. We saw an article about how to become an ed tech leader. We saw a Forbes listing of the 10 most innovative companies in education. And our recommended read in this area is, what's it like to leave the classroom for a job in ed tech? By Nadia Thomas Robledo for EdSurge. And regardless of how one might feel about changing careers or whether this really is a career change or not, it's a very good article describing a single individual's experience, having been a classroom teacher and making a change to an ed tech full-time job. And Tim, those are our uh, four trends and our four recommended readings. Thanks, Abby. Now we will turn our attention to peering into the crystal ball and making predictions about what we believe we'll observe in the upcoming two weeks. Um, come on, there's two that are obvious. Chat GBT and more artificial intelligence. That's, yes. That's not really going out on a limb. It's not. Um, but we, we, we see those two being trends that we'll see in the upcoming two weeks. But we talked about some others. that We, we did. That are a little bit different. They're not going to be out. Well, you know, one of them's not going to be too. Um, well, know, one of them. One of them's been around for a while. One of them's been around for a while. VR, uh, virtual reality, and the metaverse, and the metaverse are yes. still are still topics. Right. And we still see articles coming up. We do. It's been eclipsed by ChatGPT. Oh yes. And artificial intelligence, but it's still there. Yeah. And we see that coming back. A lot of, we're seeing a lot of hardware come out that mm -hmm. help that helps virtual reality. So we, we expect to see more about this, perhaps not in the next few weeks, but in the upcoming months, we still mm -hmm. expect to see more about virtual reality. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with meta in particular. The metaverse mm -hmm. is a separate issue. That's a right. larger conceptual right. thing that is still a, a subject of intense discussion yeah. in the education community. But we should also point out that it has been for decades. Yes. Um, the other, the one I think you were alluding to, Tim, yeah. though, the one that's a little different is micro-credentials. Yeah. You and I were discussing the fact that micro-credentials has been a topic for at least a decade mm -hmm. um, that we've been looking at the idea of, of them, uh, of designing micro-credential courses and uh, encountering micro-credentials as instructional sort of designs, which are great. But what we're starting to see are more articles about um, the practical use of a micro-credential from the employer's or institution's point of view. Institutions are kind of starting to ask, okay, how does this fit as a vetting tool within our sphere of vetting tools? So there are workshops, there are degrees, there are courses, there are different things that people can accomplish as in part of their professional development that institutions are very used to uh, dealing with. Micro-credentials are somewhat newer for them. And they're not saying that they can't use them. They're just wondering how best to use them. And we expect to see a lot more articles on that topic in the upcoming months. But that's what we see in the crystal ball right now, Tim. Thank you, Abby. Well, that brings us to the conclusion of episode 229. We'd like to thank our podcast subscribers. And we'd also like to thank our Flipboard followers and viewers. You can listen to past episodes of our podcast and find the links to the recommended readings that we discussed in this episode by visiting our website at trendsandissues.com. Our next episode will air on March 29th.
This podcast is produced by Professor Abby Brown at East Carolina University and Professor Tim Green at California State University, Fullerton. Copyright Abby Brown and Tim Green.